0: The intro changeling <laughs> to, to It Was Murder. <laughs> uh, stop
1: it. I, I grabbed stop Eric's it. legs stop in a it. bathtub yes. <laughs> at the turn of the century.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to pound on this tub wall and uh, see what happens. Uh, but yes, welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart <laughs> podcast in the world. I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood.
2: And I'm the devoted lover, Alanito. And
1: I'm the virgin voyager, Joe Garber. And
0: the intro thief.
1: Yeah, in the intro, the changeling.
0: (laughs) Like a real dick. Tonight, we are discussing uh, the date, release date is very, very. Uh, contentious, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, the changeling.
1: Mm-hmm. I was wondering because it said nineteen eighty on everything we w- looked at today. Yeah,
0: and it was filmed in nineteen seventy eight. But <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's a Canadian production. Oh, uh, so I have a oh feeling yeah. That well, years are different in
2: Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're one. year Canada's behind.
0: Canada's one year behind. Uh... Yeah. It's just, it's just different. Okay, it's, it's not it bad. It's just different. The Canadian. Yeah. I'm thinking. i uh, uh, dis- distribution might have had a weird. There might have been a lag. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: they had to import it from Canada. Yes. So we could watch it.
0: <laughs> Did
1: they? Scream oh, it's in there? They,
0: they, they. I hope it came with a bunch of Toblerone. Oh yeah. <laughs> they they in Kinder in eggs. Epcot Center.
2: <laughs> it came with um, a bale of Macintosh's toffee. Yo, yum, and Aero bars. Oh yeah. Aero oh, bars. Why is it better? Because the ca- chocolate is made with sugar. Oh, not and corn and syrup. And That's air. why Canadian chocolate is better. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, is that the also, last Heart to Heart movie? Also, all season's potato chips. Where they go to Montreal. That wasn't the last one. No, it was the, the what? last one. It was the, the Heart to Heart movie. Heart to Heart movie.
0: Oh, no, that was not. I think it was second to last.
1: I think it was second to last. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was Classics. a max, uh, Thanks for bringing up Heart to uh, Heart.
0: Scavenger. Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh i know we're not really allowed to do that anymore well we we have to just to keep the name um but i want joe i would like for you to tell our listener what changeling (laughs) is about in 60 seconds or less there's some kind of time limit
1: all right minute max the changeling here we (laughs) go man watches his wife and young daughter get pancaked by a dump truck on a mountain road and then he's all bereft and so he moves to seattle and he's like oh i think i'll just rent like a fifteen thousand bedroom hotel to live (laughs) in by myself with one caretaker he goes to the historic society and they rent him a giant mansion for cheap uh weird shit starts happening in the mansion and he ends up getting in he finds a doorway behind a bookshelf that's been paneled off and he rips the panels down there's an old dusty ass wheelchair and a bunch of weird shit happens he throws a ball on a river and then the ball comes back to the house uh he finds out there was a <laughs> well on the property where there is a house now and he goes to that house and the woman's Daughter has had nightmares, and they dig up her room, and there's a well where they find the remains of a little boy. And it turns out that that little boy was murdered by his father because he was gonna get an estate and then die, and that estate would have gone to charity unless that they switch swapped, they changelinged that son for another man who is (laughs) now just a rich guy, and he uh, astral project masturbates into the room and burns to death and dies, and they all die.
0: That was amazing. Oh my
1: god. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I don't want to. I don't really feel
2: compelled. I think that's all that happened, <laughs> but, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really, uh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the changeling. So George C. Scott has like a wood paneled station wagon and a <laughs> wife and a daughter and they're on a ski vacation and he's weirdly making the wife and the daughter push the back of the station wagon Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh ha 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 actually it's not something so creepy and weird or like the family that didn't make it to the Overlook Hotel um it's just a setup of him watching his family get killed in a horrible car accident while he's in a phone booth in the middle of nowhere on a mountain (laughs) and so he is a composer and a famous uh, musician and also a professor and so he goes to seattle but it's not seattle it's british columbia okay i mean part of it's seattle but it's mostly just british columbia and the university of washington and that's very important to me and i'm going to continue to emphasize that even though i have like 10 seconds left <laughs> to see what happens anyway the house is haunted and i really feel like the title of movie should be like why aren't you leaving because that sound is so fucking scary oh, yeah. get out now um yeah and what joe said
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: nice one that phone booth
0: <laughs> the fuck? I, I don't know what I have to add to either of those, but I'm going to I'm going to dig. I'm going to dig for, Fill, the, for like the well. well.
2: <laughs> it's it's a hand.
0: Oh god. Fill in the gaps.
2: All right. The
0: changeling. E- George C. Scott watches his wife and daughter. Get killed. Uh, then he moves to the most depressing place in the United States, Seattle, Washington,
2: <laughs> uh,
0: where he rents a mansion from the Historical Society.
2: That doesn't happen. Uh, but which? I,
0: but thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then he plays piano in this house all the time because he's a composer. He is teaching a class at UW. Um, he is haunted by a ghost who is extremely communicative Mm -hmm. uh there is a fucking rad seance there is uh uh, evp recordings which are always my favorite scary there is the digging up of a well underneath the house which is which has stayed with me forever and then they burn a giant set down pretending it's a house
2: (laughs) yeah um yeah there's So many scary things about this movie, and this movie really scared me when it first came out. It scared the shit out of me Mm -hmm. on cable television at fucking Ocean Shores. I regretted watching it because it scared me so, so, so much. You totally got scared. Um, and (laughs) it being filmed like in Seattle around Seattle did not help. Oh my god, didn't help. Yep. and then um years later in the 80s I was at a concert uh, and I was looking at the building and just feeling kind of weird and then I was like oh my fucking god it's the building where they have the concert in the Changeling the Orpheum Theater and I was at an Echo and the Bunnyman concert Cool. And, were, and it was at the Orpheum. And I was like, oh, my God. I saw yeah. Sarah
0: McLaughlin at the Orpheum. And uh-huh. I do it's believe so I beautiful. also saw Tori Amos once at the Orpheum.
2: I think I saw the church there also. Wow. Um, I love it's that so it's so beautiful, yeah, wonderful. me too. It's incredible. I thought like, it
1: was the Paramount. It looks very similar, but that's it's... you know
2: those
0: theaters are kind of yeah, they follow a template. <laughs> yeah, well,
2: I think similar time period, which yeah. is why they look similarly. But the Orpheum's like just a little more zaza. It is.
1: It's oh my a little bit it's zaza. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's got yeah. the mirrors it's everywhere. So beautiful. And that yeah. So uh-huh.
0: I, last week when I was talking when we were talking about this movie, I was very very adamant about all of the Seattle locations in it, and then of course all it's British like Columbia. all British hey, Columbia, yeah, basically the the sliver building that they filmed, which was <sighs> the Historical Society's terrace or whatever. Oh my yeah, God. so uh, weird. That yeah. building is not in Pioneer Square. <laughs> no. It's, it's in I think. Gaston. Although there
2: is a building very similar to it. Yes, in Pioneer Square, there is. Like, yeah. there's a and lot of locations that look similar. Mm-hmm. Totally,
0: it's it's. I mean, that it's why BC, why Vancouver subs for seattle pretty well yeah the thing that was cracking me up uh was i could tell when an interior was in canada (laughs) really (laughs) because of the lighting and the fixtures Mm. like Hmm. there was a there's a lot of the exterior stuff was seattle like there was a there's a great uh the great shots this movie is beautiful by the way
3: yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. just
0: the film is gorgeous it's shot wonderfully the shots downtown when they go to Rainier Tower, which is in the movie oh, yeah. The, yeah. the Carmichael the, Tower, Spencer the drafting Carmichael pencil tower. tower yeah. yeah with the like weird so small base. But yeah. like they got they caught that that intersection at its most beautiful. Uh-huh. Um when when the building right behind it like was mm-hmm. just brass and windows. Oh my god. I fucking love that. And yeah, I yeah, so good. it was just such a perfect Mm -hmm. Uh, perfect moment of downtown seattle being super pretty
2: yeah it's it's so weird that they i mean i guess that the weird house in bc that they use as the exterior for the haunted house is yes probably scarier and actually just set apart like there's grounds around it and not a lot of places in seattle that were of that era had that so it's like you couldn't be that isolated
1: so the thing about that house is uh i was like oh when they get when they show the house i was like oh yeah one of those classic giant victorian mansions (laughs) that are all in the woods of seattle uh and i looked it up and they built that that was a facade that they built on a more modern looking house in vancouver for and it cost $200,000 to just build that facade. What did they
2: shoot at Halley House then? That's where
0: Melvin Douglas lives. Oh. That's the senator's house. Which uh, they actually they shot, that is the Halley House exterior and interior. And you can tell by the sound. The
1: interior that, that's is a genuine interior. mostly sound stages and yeah. yeah for, Except for
0: the Hallie House. house. Uh,
2: oh yeah. Well, well. so this film, I mean, it's a classic ghost story where sure we have is. a ghost that's that's in a, You know, is trapped in a house, a ghost that has been wronged, that has died on the premises, mm-hmm. that was murdered, mm-hmm. you know, tra- the tragic death, and that finds, like, keys into a specific living person and tries to communicate with them to get them to tell their story and solve the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, of course, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite spooky things, I mean, there's so many... Spooky things in this movie, um, but it's almost relentless, and it's just like the sound, the thing, all the doors, like every yes. single trope. Oh but I love it. One that I always am just like ee! about <clears throat> is the freaky thing with the music box. So oh, George C. I Scott's car- character, right, that. is yes. this man named John Russell, and he's like, he's like we all said, he's a composer and and also a professor uh, of music, and so. He, when he moves preposterously into the scariest house in the world by himself, <laughs> yeah. he spends a lot of time playing the piano that's already there because that's not spooky. And so he's working on a new piece. And so we hear like a lot of snippets of the piece and he's working on it. And he also has a recorder, which comes in later with the seance. And it's amazing. But when he finds like the creepy, incredibly cobwebbed room with the weird composition book from 1909 mm-hmm. and you know just a lot of dirt and little figurines and shit he finds the music box which he weirdly opens and then it plays and it plays the song that he's been trying to compose mm-hmm. and that amazing is so incredible and then he goes yes. and shows it to the weird historical society lady that's oh, crazy enough I to rent her. the properties she's so elegant right but but She's listening to the song and he's like, It's the s- exact same song. Uh uh-huh. Claire. Same key. Note for note. And she goes, and she goes, Oh, well that's she says something really weird, like, Well that you know, that could be quite the coincidence. Oh, yeah. It's like, bitch, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> not so, a this coincidence. is terrifying, okay? <laughs> like, get terrified. Get scared. <laughs> George C.
0: Scott doesn't react strongly enough to a lot of the things that happen. Like and then he kind of overreacts to other things. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, but I I mean I love George C. Scott. I think uh-huh. he's amazing in this. Uh yeah. but yeah. If if that actually happened to someone.
2: <laughs> what the shit? Th- just the
0: piano thing, oh just that God. music piece. Yeah. He oh would have been he would have had 50 people in that house, like just with cameras and shit. And to, like it, the whole movie would have just been yeah. about that.
1: The entire wing of the UW psychic studies program. <laughs> the psychic research. If psychic that program. Psychic to research. me,
2: <laughs> the shit where you're, you're up in the creepy little room and that's where you open the music box and you hear the song you've been working on in that same creepy ass house. Mm-hmm. P.S. You came into this dusty cobweb secret ass room through a door that was boarded up and you frantically tore everything away from it and just. Oh, the door openings like he's trying to batter the door open. He bangs on the lock. Uh, and oh and then god, the door yeah. just swings open. Yeah. He uh, like, he's That's pushing that. Like, do not go in there, George C. Scott. Oh my god. Uh, there's just So many moments like this. Classic haunted house shit. I yep. love it so much. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I have yeah, to I have truly. to let
0: you both know that I would love to find myself in that house or in a house similar. What? Why? Yeah. To have the encounters. Really? I would love it I would Ugh. love to be Ugh. one I honestly I think I would really enjoy watching over a massive house like that really I think I would and oh. I if, if I were this I, the movie isn't it all ghost stories that are worth their salt are adventure stories they're mysteries they right. there are clues to follow there are riddles to solve yeah you're they're, writing a wrong
2: exactly yeah and yeah. he's it's it's your it, vengeance it,
3: it
0: it goes from frightening you to creating a, an obsession within within yeah. the person that that the ghost is communicating with yeah
2: like, but, but then you're also rooting for the ghost totally which is a really weird way to, to oh yeah flip the script yeah yeah. So,
3: yeah
0: i'm not saying that i want to be haunted mm-hmm. uh but i am saying that like if i stayed in a mansion mm-hmm. <laughs> like that even alone if I was just like watching a mansion for a couple months and I found a fucking hidden room, oh my god! I would be so thrilled and I would be, I would invite you all over. Oh <laughs> I mean, my I god. do like hidden
2: rooms, but I think I like more the ones where it's like, you know, like the four story mistake where they just find the room and it's just full of like cool old toys and shit. And it's totally fine because they're mm. just there during fucking World War II or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: In upstate New York,
2: drinking root beer out of a creek. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Is that the Blue Rock Candy Mountains? (laughs) I did not understand why he wanted to be in that house. I didn't understand why a grieving widower would want to be in a a giant, spooky, (laughs) dusty-ass mansion in Seattle. like was like, what the fuck? Why would you ever
2: wouldn't he just that's always like this time i laughed out loud during the scene where he's going to visit his other like the dean or whatever oh, yeah music department their or guy's and his wife in their oh, amazing house yeah oh, and and they're like oh well and he's like oh i have to find you i have to find a place to live and it's like mm-hmm. oh as if he just got out of prison or something yeah. And yeah. Yeah. eligible <laughs> to just go rent an apartment it's like right. um seattle was a little backward. But you could still just rent a house or yeah. an apartment, but they act like there's something like that's just never done. Or yeah. like it's like it'd be different if it was if he went to a village, you know. Right. Like, if he went to the middle of nowhere and literally is not enough <laughs> property for you, you know, like then it makes sense. He right? could have or had like the Fraser like, lifestyle houses is, is empty. You know, that makes sense. Right. But yeah, in a city. Like, fast forward in the film, they're literally like, zoo, 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 like, microfishing the sh- the shit out of the paper from 1909. And it's yeah. full of want ads for shit. <laughs> right. Like, why? Why? And then why would the historical society be the go-to? Yeah. It's very wrong and offensive to me. But then also, <laughs> why would the thing that they think is perfect for him, which they say multiple times, like, oh, it's perfect. Uh-huh. It's like, it's one dude, like a widower. Literally yeah. a widower. Yeah. And it's like, let's get the biggest house, not just the biggest house that the historical society is damaging beyond human comprehension. <laughs> it's the biggest property that we own. It's like, oh, it's because that sick we moved that six-year-old girl into the castle. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like so weird.
0: The way that Law. my brain kind of put that together was mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's completely ludicrous on all fronts, but my brain put it together that he he needed to rent a house where he could bang, like he says, bang on a piano all day oh. and sure. not bother anybody. And I think it was oh, this the historical society sometimes uh, feloniously rents their properties, and this one has a piano in it
1: for like caretakers. I thought, yeah, I mean, there's like an easy way to get around this. Just if you just write in like he's got a friend who works for the historical yeah. society and he needs something to do with his time. So like come in. corner. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> this is my, the first of three rewrites that I have for this movie, mm-hmm. but it's like, just, there's an easy way to like, make this make sense yeah. that he would be in this okay. big mansion by himself.
2: I have a question for yes. the person that amongst us at this moment <laughs> that would live in the big ass mansion, but is also a musician. That's me. It's you. um, if you were playing the piano at a concert pianist level, you are a composer, would you just be like, "Oh sure, I'll just play any old ass piano that is in this fucking weird ass house?" Yes. I don't have my own nice. piano or I wouldn't go look at look for another piano or I wouldn't just play the ones on campus that mm-hmm. are tuned mm-hmm. for for example
0: i okay so
2: <laughs> i I
0: think yes, I think he would play whatever whatever piano if 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 you're asking me, and if I was, if my personality was intact, yet I was a concert pianist at that level, (laughs) I would find inspiration in any instrument. So, like, an unfamiliar Mm -hmm. piano would be something that I would be more more inclined to use in a foreign place. Like, the unfamiliarity of the instrument and the surroundings is where ideas come from. So, Mm -hmm. I would want that. Mm -hmm. And he is a composer. He is writing. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not. He's not rehearsing. He's he's writing.
2: And I know the whole thing is that the structure of the house is that this is a very wealthy family. And mm-hmm. so they have to live in like a gigantic Robert Barron house. Yes. Um. But yeah, that's really the only thing that's weird. And I don't really give a shit about that either because there's a bunch of doors that slam and you yeah. know, freaky <laughs> banging. Mm-hmm. But so we can talk about the first time that we really take notice of the fact that the house is haunted mm-hmm. is... To do with the piano, and he's like playing on the piano, and then he a key stick, yeah. Like there's a a silent key, and he realizes that like it suddenly goes silent, and then someone comes to the door, and he gets up, and then we're left like with this crazy tight shot Mm -hmm. of the piano key, Mm -hmm. which is amazing, and then all of a sudden it just the hammer strikes, like the key goes down, and the hammer strikes, and it's terrifying.
0: On, <laughs> on a high D, yeah, oh,
2: terrifying. Which shows. is the scary key. That's <laughs> the right key. Yeah, <laughs> boom.
0: Uh, I love mm. all of this shit.
1: Whatever the look of this movie is, is the look I want for every movie to ever have. Yeah, it's so gorgeously shot and dated in the perfect way. That I don't know what they did differently or the same or whatever for I think other just, movies. But it's just
0: that that. I'm assuming thirty-five yeah, millimeter film processing mm-hmm. of, of nineteen seventy-nine mm-hmm. that Was just looks amazing. And like height. the great the film grain that gets added when they overlay credits, like uh-huh. or when they do dissolves, mm-hmm. uh-huh. is like so fucking satisfying. <laughs> yeah. For it's me, so it's good. the
2: way that it's shot. Like the camera work is so good and mm-hmm. it it's like there's, you know, maybe four consistent shots type of types of shots used throughout. And mm-hmm. it kind of has like a a flow that's, I mean, in some ways, like it has like the shots are used almost like you would use like a staccato note within a piece Mm -hmm. um, where it's just like, you kind of get used to the, the rhythm of the, the camera angles and the types of shots, but it's just like, like it Mm -hmm. just kind of keeps you on your toes, which Mm -hmm. is the sign of a fantastic ghost story. But um, the POV shots in particular, (sighs) I just love because the, the speed that they go at is really crazy. Like, it's not like the slow, slow pan, the hesitant, like, what's the sound I'm walking towards the sand? It's you are hurtling towards like you're hurtling through the house. Mm-hmm. You're hurtling mm-hmm. towards things. Mm-hmm. You never are you hurtling away from anything. So it's just terrifying. It's so brilliant.
0: I'd like to I'd like to mention that the cinematographer of this film is John Coquillon. Mm-hmm. And he also shot Hearts and Hounds. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, my God. That you red. can tell. Yeah, you yeah. can tell. Totally. The, the, cinema, the, hound vision, mm-hmm. the Hound Vision, the Hound Vision, which which. He's equal to the ghost cam and the the wheelchair cam. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But also some of, yeah, like some of the tight shots, obviously when he's working with TV, it's a little bit different, but yeah, Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing coincidence.
1: The best effect I thought of those style of shots is when the little girl who we've never seen before (sighs) wakes up out of bed and is led by us, by the viewer. She's Mm -hmm. staring like straight into the camera And Mm -hmm. we're leading her into her bedroom. It's so scary. And it's so, that is so effective and scary. That's my
0: favorite part of the whole movie. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's so incredible. And you know what's going on. And you know sort of like this, because they give you a little hint about the surrounding. And that, also that detail is a lot like the music box where Mm -hmm. that woman, the mom was like, I wasn't going to let you in here except you said you did a séance on the night when my daughter woke up screaming and said that she saw a little boy trying to cl- like climb up uh, from Float under up her floor, the
0: floor. Uh, and it wouldn't stop staring at her. Oh my god, it's so it's fucking so scary. scary.
1: And then that well underneath the floorboards. So this and I this is when I was like the the ring and this movie mm-hmm. are so similar, but was one inspired by the other? Did they did there was a the ring inspired by this?
0: Possibly, I would say that elements of the ring were probably, probably inspired probably the, the at changeling, least the American but, version. Well, I mean, it's the same but, story, <laughs> but the setting the, it in Seattle well, and the, that kind of thing. I, I think the I think Gore Verbinski set the American Ring in Seattle because of the Changeling. Yeah, yes, one hundred percent. Okay, one hundred percent. Right, um, but as far as like a well and a buried like uh-huh. like in a ghost story, that's I think we got to go way, way back. <laughs> oh, because that's uh, that's like a trope. Yeah, that's gotta, like, where you just throw people. It. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Especially children. Yeah. That's oh, where yeah. You should always throw dead children. Oh god, I've a couple times. The- right.
2: It's like the ghost belongs to me. Right.
0: So yeah, like mm. this movie has all of the fun ghost stuff. The séance. Well, I uh. well, I want to talk about the séance, but I want to I want to first just do a rapid fire. Like there's this awesome séance. There's there's the investigative elements, which is my favorite part yeah. of ghost yes. stories, is when people are so obsessed, they go to the library and microfiche. Yeah. And there's when he goes to the, the what was it like, the city planning office or whatever? Oh, uh-huh. and oh yeah. The and the guys symbol got for all the well.
2: Things open.
0: I,
1: that was very poltergeist. So and I love it. so cool. That. It's, yeah.
0: I just love investigative mystery. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it so mm-hmm. much. Uh, and yeah, and then you get slamming doors and uh, EVPs and like all the all the fun ghost shit. Yeah, it's such a it's such a fun movie.
2: Have mm. either of you ever read um, the book "The Ghost Belongs Belong to Me" by Richard Peck? No, he's the author of "The uh, Bridge to Terabithia." Oh, um, but "The Ghost Belongs to Me," of course, I much preferred because ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, but they made a Disney live action film of it. Well. And that film also scared the shit out of me <laughs> in a way that I loved because I'm living for it, right? It's like I am des- desperate to be scared, but there's a well involved in the child being wronged in that story. But, you know, it's, it's because it's a kid's book and a Disney film. Mm. It's not as vicious as Joseph <laughs> in The Changeling. But there's a poem that is the riddle. Um, So the clue that the children have to try and solve the riddle um, is sleeping lies the murdered lass; vainly cries the child of glass when the two shall be as one. The spirit's journey will be done. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's fucking terrifying. Anyways, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm always looking for somebody that actually has seen it. I have not. Never have I ever found anyone who's seen it. I don't. And it was like full on. A wonderful world like a Disney on Sunday, a Sunday night, the scariest Sunday night mm-hmm. of all time. The Ghost Belongs to Me, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. That's what the book's uh. called. And the movie's called The Child of Glass. Child of Glass.
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. That sounds awesome. Sleeping
2: lies the murdered lass.
1: Oh my God. Creepy. The
2: creepiest part, of course, vainly cries The Child of Glass. Vainly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. is,
1: is it a reference to Glass Menagerie?
2: Mm-hmm. It's a reference to a China doll.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Uh
2: But yeah, scary, scary, so scary. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, Joe, what would you do if you were in? Like, you're already just fucked in the head from intense (sighs) trauma. Um, That's the thing. And you go as far across the country as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. You're in the house. You aren't, you are weirdly not getting, like, maybe grief is jamming your signals because you end up in this giant fucking sad saterton sadness house <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the the ter- terrifying and sad mansion and
1: i mean that then
2: then that pounding sound happens
1: i know well you're setting me up for my first rewrite which i don't know if you wanted to do that but
2: I never want to do that. I know. And now I take it back. Don't make me say the creepy poem again. I know
1: your <laughs> your answer, your, both your answer will be like, well, there's no movie if this happens. My first rewrite is that he just immediately kills himself because <laughs> I th- really think I w- might. If I saw my daughter, my like, how old is she? Eight years old or whatever. Internet and ID. wife die in front of me. I don't think I could live in a world with of that immense tragedy. I really think I would just check out. I think I, I think I really would. Like it would be. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to say this. I, you're supposed to be brave or whatever. But like mm. that is so fucking sad and there's a scene where he wakes he's like in bed just crying yeah and when mm-hmm. that, i knew what was happening with that scene you can kind of hear him and i was like oh this is gonna be like corny and i it was like actually really horrifying and just terrible and really sad but i <sighs> that banging sound, you would be like, it's oh, it's so the pipes. Loud. You know, it's like, probably the pipes are doing something. I've never, that was his first night in the house, basically. And he's sleeping in one of the 30,000 bedrooms. <laughs> and so.
2: On the 18th floor. Yeah, on the 18th <laughs> floor. Oh my God. I don't know. I would
1: just, I don't know what I would do at that point. I, I would definitely not want to be in that house at all. Just for the fact, just for the pure fact of like, he, when he gets up from that piano the the groundskeeper guy is like oh there's like something at the door so i can't remember what it was like there's some mail or something getting up and walking one thousand paces to get to wherever you need to go in that house i would just get so sick of that yeah where it's like oh i feel like having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich let's go down four flights of stairs and then like a football field that way to get my little snack for the night.
0: I mean, right. realistically, you're going to you're going to set up camp on the first floor and then you'll right. possibly just go up. It would be stairs to bed. Like, it would be a studio apartment. You'll probably just go
2: upstairs when, for example, you hear water running and you oh, go in God. the kitchen and the faucet's on and then oh, God, you turn yeah. it off and it's kind of freaky. And then you hear. More Ugh, water running, and then that. you go to the eight millionth floor and go into the bathroom, and the fucking bathtub is filling with brackish water. Oh, and then you look in God. it, and you see the face of a drowned little boy. And then you just back out of there, and then kind of just go about your shit. That shot
1: of him backing out of that room is so amazing, and great, alien, mm-hmm. and just weird feeling. It just gives you—it's such a dream nightmare energy yeah. to that shot specifically. And of course, when you see the face, it's really scary. Yeah. I thought it was a woman's face when I first saw it, but it was just terrifying, obviously. But that shot of him backing out of the room and like mm-hmm. turning mm-hmm. down the hallway, and then slowly the dark hallway, and the dark hallway <laughs> with like lights that are lighting up only portions of it, and then Amazing. he obscures the whole shot, and it just goes black is such an incredible shot because it feels so dreamlike. Yeah, and that is really fucking scary
2: what's interesting to me is that they don't dig into one element as much as i think a lot of other ghost stories do where it follows a similar trajectory where you're kind of something happens so you're kind of fragile and fucked in the head and Mm -hmm. then everyone around you just tells you that it's the grief that's making you imagine that you're hearing things or that it's loneliness Mm -hmm. that has warped your senses and whatever Mm -hmm. and you know like Mr. Tuttle the caretaker sure you know he's like yeah um I mean the house is old and like whatever and it makes these sounds and whatever Mm. but the sound is so loud like I actually I wish I could see this in the theater again because the sound is so amazing like it's so scary Mm -hmm. everything about it is so scary and that's even before you know the inevitable whispering child voice occurs, or the the wailing, or yelping, or mm-hmm. sobbing, or oh. giggling child voices, and it's like, why is that so scary for me? Like, yeah. it's like I guess I'm not into children. Well, I'm into other people's children as a friend, but <laughs> like, just the creepy, just the creepy classic, right? It's w- like the child's giggle. I really and, wish I had seen and this the in the bouncing
1: it, this is a good theater movie. I wish, I'm sure it's probably shows in Seattle pretty regularly at the old theaters. And I wish I'd seen it in one of those. It would be the perfect movie to see in that context for sure.
0: I'm pretty sure I saw it at the Egyptian. That's perfect. Like the, uh, in, in 2000 or something. It was, mm-hmm. it was part of some, uh, studio was doing like they, they're, Hundred year anniversary or whatever. Oh, nice! Mm. And it was part of the programming. It was the Harvard so good. The Harvard
1: exit, that theater. Oh, that would have been the most perfect because then you can walk across Broadway to that weird sort of Victorian building mm-hmm.
0: that's there. The Loveless building.
1: Yeah, that always creeped me out just in general. And
0: you can walk across. Well, but the Harvard engines. exit is
2: haunted, famously haunted. Oh, is mm-hmm.
0: it? I didn't know that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I miss that theater. It's that gone, was right? Such a wonderful. It's the Mexican consulate now yeah Uh, which is uh, still kind of cool that is cool
2: but yeah i remember i can think of multiple times when i feel like i had moments in all of the seven gables owned theaters Mm -hmm. that scared me like Mm -hmm. to the point where i would be like like just suddenly feel really cold and and afraid Uh mostly at the egyptian and the neptune Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm which is weird because the Harvard exit is the theater that everybody would report shit at seven Gables was just weird, which seems scary enough. Yeah. But, they got but a deal on Neptune, haunted theaters. <laughs> yeah. The Neptune scares me. All the buildings were like old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, they're and beautiful. interesting. Yeah. But the Egyptian, like it's just that weird, like such a large, spacious auditorium, you know, like, mm-hmm. so when you go out to go to the lobby or go to the bathroom, like it's, There's just this wide walkways on either side Mm -hmm. and it's just like so blank and vast. Yeah. I don't feel like the Egyptian doesn't feel malevolent to me. No. But there's definitely something weird and I think it's just because there's so much empty space in front of you and so much empty space and darkness behind you when you're going out. Yeah. And if you're doing that during a film, like it's just you Mm -hmm. and everything is, is set back. Like even if you're rounding into the little vestibule and you want to go to the concessions in the lobby, like it's set back. Mm -hmm. So you're like turning a sharp, right? To Uh go walk up to the counter. And the thing that's different from other like similarly aged buildings is that, You're not passing through multiple doors or smaller scale spaces to get out into it. You're just out into it. Mm -hmm. And there is the big, empty, spooky vibe right there. I'd be scared shitless if I saw this movie at the Egyptian.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Everything you're saying, I'm transmuting into the Harvard exit, though, because that's the vibe I got from the Harvard exit, was every Mm. time I went there, that it was like I was in some older person's uh, mansion house. That lobby. The 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 lobby lobby of the Harvard exit was
0: so, like, stately. And And
1: then you come out of the movie, and you're just in this, like, sort of side street, dark, weird, like, there's that... uh, the Campus, uh Cornell is a Cornish. Cornish Cornish campus. Is there across the street in Joe Daughters Bar, of the American
0: Revolution Building? Yeah, and-, and it's just like this really. Yeah, it's weird, a, an incredible
2: block, like that yeah, beautiful single story it's building. Gorgeous, yeah. Right the street, but when we were kids, we would go to the Harvard exit to get candy. Mm. But the lobby is the place where people experience sightings, mm. and so they always report seeing the same thing, which is seeing. Women Or a woman who is wearing like a turn of the century, like dark dress, and she's just like in the lobby or like they're walking across the lobby. And Uh um, I think it's because it's related to the history of the use of the building. It's nothing sinister. Mm -hmm. But there you go.
1: Yeah, that it's such a gorgeous it was such a gorgeous theater mm-hmm. and I wish that it was still there. I, I I forever associate it with Under the Skin too. That was like the movie that was just mm-hmm. like the best movie I ever saw I ever saw there. But speaking of turn of the century dark dresses when they go to the theater and Claire is wearing this like just lace black lace dress or pants and blouse mm-hmm. situation with her mom there. Which, she introduces her mom, but... God, it's weird. Why is that a character in the movie at all? I don't know. Because... It, she...
2: And she lives with her fucking mom. She lives with her mom.
1: Oh, she does? But yeah, Claire is... Sort of... when he
2: goes to, to her house, the mom is there.
1: Oh, okay, she yeah. Come, her
0: yeah. mom comes to the seance. Comes to the too, seance? Which... Yeah. <laughs> so strange. And
2: mom strange. Is like a high point of the seance. Yeah,
0: mom, mom is there to to shriek. I... Yeah, mom's
2: just like, <laughs> what the shit is going on? Why is nobody <laughs> freaking out? This comes to my I'm gonna freak
1: second out. sort of rewrite. Just like I wish the you know because he goes to the uh, the historic society building, and then mm-hmm. Claire is like, "Oh, you have a phone call or whatever. There's a package for you. Go away." This other woman comes out to our main Mimi uh, mm-hmm. comes out to John. This is it John. John. John, John and she's like, oh, Claire, like did illegitimate things to get you into that house. She pushed it through in a in a weird way. And like was, the house
2: doesn't like people, doesn't
1: like people, which is a great line.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's so menacing. But I was like, well, what's Claire's Claire's got to be connected to the whole murder in some in some way she has something to do with her family or something
0: and they just right, don't right because really... she forces
2: him into the into yeah. the house. Yeah, yeah. And it I think ends up, there's, there's no a, big reveal with Claire. There's it's a bit there's of not. a red herring. Because it is. There, there's yeah.
0: also she. She has all of the emotional responses to everything going on. Like yeah, like exactly. She exactly flips the fuck out. Falling every chance that she can, uh-huh. and it mm-hmm. makes you think early in the movie that she knows exactly what's going exactly. on.
3: Exactly.
2: But no, no, she's just emotional. Okay, so nope, no, she's just hitting on that guy a whose wand. wife has only been dead for like two months. Which does bring me mom's Also, what the fuck <laughs>
1: happened at the end of this movie when please explain your theories about like what happened
0: at oh, the end. The the very end?
1: Just with um
0: When the Senator he's, appears in the, yeah, in the house. Yeah. It was just a spectral, like a uh, astral projection. Uh, basically, yeah. I mean, it, okay. it was it was his uh, comeuppance. Like this. Well, I. So this is another thing that but we need to talk innocent. about. He's innocent. This is the story. Joseph Carmichael was yeah. murdered by his father right. in mm-hmm. in what nine. Nineteen oh nine. And in such a horrifying way. He was murdered because he was crippled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The father. Sends away or like it takes, it goes to a nearby orphanage and finds a child that's the same age mm-hmm. and sends him to Europe as if he is, as if it is his son who he has just murdered right. mm-hmm. for a miracle cure, <laughs> comes back right. and then he is just raised as the heir to the Carmichael
2: fortune mm-hmm. well and he comes back many years later because he goes to Europe and then World War I begins mm. and so oh. they can't travel from Europe so by the time he comes back he's like 19 or 20 oh. and so nobody's gonna recognize him right. nobody's gonna say that it isn't him because they right. haven't seen him since he was just in that spooky ass wheelchair um yeah you know as and the dad does boy. this
1: because if he doesn't do it the and the son if the son ends up succumbing to his illness and dying all the fortune the estate goes to charity it just goes to the government or to charity yes
2: and, and it's because the money was the wife's money mm-hmm. and her father doesn't really like the son-in-law okay and so that's why he did it like that so it was going to skip the son-in-law who he doesn't like skip the son-in-law and go to the child of his daughter. Yeah. Right. Which is really the whole point. Okay. So.
1: Okay. So he wants that money to so, get the fortune he kills his own son.
2: Yeah.
0: So I have always felt like the senator is an innocent yeah. in this. Uh like he there's no way that this this orphan child who was 8 years old, or wait, 9 years old, uh-huh. um, would be would be like, "Yeah, let's fat. let's pull one over on him." Uh-huh. This rich stranger yeah uh and i don't think he the i believe you don't him. think he knew i don't think he no did. i don't think he did either i mean i think he probably I has he a recollection of of being adopted and probably was told like at the time you have to keep this secret but i still don't find him the guilty party he's not like a villain
2: no i don't think he's guilty but i think he's he
0: he's living a life that's not his
2: yeah right I think, and I think there's a complicity there, just the ethics of it to know and still continue to occupy that ruse. But Mm. it's such a crazy, fucked up thing. I mean, who's going to want to be like, yeah, my dad's a child murderer. And they say, like, they get more explicit with it because they say that the health of the son was predicted to be so poor that they didn't believe he would live much longer. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons that The dad did this thing so that he could kind of... Control the channeling
1: of wealth. Okay, so... Okay, okay. but So we have all that. Um, John brings him the pendant that he finds in the well, proving that he isn't the real... Yeah,
0: that the bones buried in the well were... Joseph Carmichael. Joseph Carmichael.
1: And Uh so he is left alone with these pendant that's he drapes over the portrait of his father this weird shit starts happening. happen the room starts shaking it looks like he's masturbating and there's his, like light his on his eight face by
0: 10 oil painting of his father
2: and then it, and then the, yeah. the 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 house such starts, a popular size at the turn of the century uh,
1: yeah the house starts burnt like the banister starts on fire a la legal eagles uh yes art, art experience uh car crash is that what she says over and over again uh,
0: car crash uh, car she, crash she, car crash what is she she say she just says put out the fire all the all the time. Okay,
1: put out the fire, put out the fire. I thought <laughs> she said fire, fire,
0: fire, fire, fire. And
1: then <laughs> the best thing ever. Joseph Carmichael he uh uh sees John sees him walking up the stairs. The stairs collapse. He's just going up to the attic room, astral projecting up there. He walks in. He sees the dad killing the child, and mm-hmm. I guess comes to the realization that he is not that person. I guess is yeah. what happened. And then the room explodes, and then he has a heart attack and I think dies. Yes. I don't do that. He, he dies of a heart attack. Dies of a heart attack in his office where he was astral projecting from. And then the wheelchair is seen at the burned out mansion, and then the music box opens. Uh, what I thought they were going for in this moment was him making it right, making that history right, and, and, mm-hmm. tran- like, you know, traveling back in time to the moment when that happened and then he I thought he was gonna like beat the shit out of the dad and be like, no, and grab him and make that not happen and thus have like the changeling never happen.
0: No, what happened was Joseph Carmichael murdered that guy. He got revenge. The ghost is the bad guy. I I'm I'm gonna spoil it for you. The the ghost is the bad guy. Is the dad. No, the ghost is Joseph, Car- the kid The kid who gets murdered, and the kid is out for revenge. Yeah, he finds oh, so through he... via George C. Scott, he finds out who assumed his identity. Right, and he's and like, I want
1: to just murder him. Him. that guy. Yeah, okay.
0: And as we know from the movie, this ghost can do a lot. Yeah, it can
1: do like, a lot. It can move yeah. objects. It can move a move can, a tall metal cone on a table. It can
2: <laughs> retrieve rubber balls from, it, it, from the yeah. ocean. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Uh, it
0: can pull. Chains with metal metals on them from dirt in a real. Yeah, you can chase guy. a woman it down four flights of stairs the with a place, wheelchair. If it wants. Uh, so yeah, it like can play that's, the piano. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, that that's the that's the kind of like kicker. It's is like that you're
1: taking my life. I'm gonna fuck you up.
0: You're well. We're we're led to we are like Ellen said. We we side with the ghosts. Like we we yeah. always mm-hmm. just inherently side with the ghost. This ghost is technically the bad guy. What I
1: love so. <sighs> you love that about the ring yes because you love that she's investigating this murder these parents are so evil and they murdered their innocent daughter spoiler alert
0: yeah for the ring <laughs>
1: then she finds out that oh wait she actually was evil fuck we like unleashed this evil in yeah. the world again and that's so fucking cool and i thought that's where this was going and it kind of didn't really fully no.
0: I mean there is the final shot of the film which is the the in the burned out remains of the mansion yeah. the music box opens by itself and starts playing uh-huh. which you know t- that take that as whatever final scare all right. up you know 80s for, horror
2: for plot. me I love it when a story that has a spectral you know basis has the inevitable scene at the end where you have to burn that shit to the ground, mm-hmm. you have to burn that shit to the ground, and you might have been fucking with people and opening cupboards and doing whatever or whispering or some shit or, or making a child act weird or whatever you know all the classic things that you're doing to be like, I'm here, but I'm dead mm-hmm. right in this house I'm dead, and um look at me, you listen to me, but you absolutely just have to. Boil over with supernatural rage, yeah. and that's the moment when you channel everything mm-hmm. and just fucking bust those windows out. Yeah, burn that fucking house down. I don't care if you kick open, like uh, you knock over a candelabra, you knock over an oil lamp, or shit just bursts into flame because that is how pissed off you are. Mm-hmm. And then the house burns down. Everybody's screaming. Everyone who's bad in this movie like gets flipped over in the car or they just fucking like shards of glass have to like cut them up. They have to fall. A thing has to fall on someone because that's how, you know, the house is falling apart. Like everything just has to, there better be some heat based explosions and glass flying everywhere. Or I just don't believe that you're going to be able to cross over unless you decimate the property.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: But yeah, there's also the the cop I forgot about.
2: Uh That is one of the craziest things ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wild. I just I don't know. I I kind of wish it had ended with the him fighting the dad off and like being like no and like throwing him into the fire or something and then like it I just would have been like a more like full circle <laughs> emotional You want a happy ending? I guess and then it would have been like Joseph Carmichael, you know, is set free and is never murdered and is becomes the heir or whatever. And like, I don't know. Maybe that's what too, like the hell Disney no, movie. That's,
0: that's, that's real sweet, but no. Like, I don't know. Just, that would make
2: me so angry. He's really? a malevolent.
0: Yeah. That's like that. I hated that when there was a, a period of horror movies, specifically ghost stories. And Guillermo del Toro is actually really a big proponent a proponent of this
1: uh-huh
0: uh of making the ghosts just misunderstood children oh I yeah i fucking hate that well so what much. about
1: and this also reminded me of stir of echoes a lot
0: and- yeah stir of echoes mm-hmm. also it, like that that movie is actually kind of scary so yeah. like i, I really, it is scary i really yeah. like it even if even yeah. if it is like just a kid that needs to be like
1: uh, yeah she gets to, set to free at the end and it's what, yeah like the ending. ghost
0: in that movie is spoiler alert, fucking stir of echoes. Uh, that ghost is not malevolent, right? You this think ghost this one is. is, yes. Yeah. This ghost is mad. Like the, the, its entire motivation is anger fuck and this revenge. Person took my life. And I love it because it is, I will, this, I got the perfect mark. This fucking widower who is so susceptible to my shit because mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. a kid mm-hmm. and I can really fuck with him. Mm-hmm. And I know and I've apparently amassed a lot of power over the last seventy years. Yeah, yeah. So I Yeah, uh, that's I, a lot of
2: time to be angry and exactly. alone yeah, totally. in the house.
0: And I'm gonna use it all on this guy. And he investigates it. Mm-hmm. And he goes and the, the ghost has power everywhere. Yeah. Like that's yeah, the one like thing it. that's a little a little off for me. But like where I, I get it where it's like where he's buried, he has power. And in mm-hmm. the house he has power. But killing the cop <laughs> uh, that's... is like kind of, I love it, but it's, it's a bit too far <laughs> to me. To yeah. me,
2: it's just the classic ripple effect where you feel that it's about to boil over. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Like the power always increases and like you start the, it just start the tendrils start to flow outward like a fog, a malevolent yeah. mm-hmm. fog, rolling across mm-hmm. and just enveloping everything. I love that the cop's death is described by mm-hmm. Claire as like, I don't know what happened, like the car just slipped over, yeah, like he yeah. didn't there even lose control right <laughs> or no anything. Because that harkens back to one of my favorite car flipping moments of all time, which also takes place in a horror film, which is in Carrie. Mm. When John Travolta and uh what's her face Nancy Allen Nancy Allen are in the car driving and like laughing because they fucked Carrie up or whatever, and Carrie comes out of the gym and she sees the car and she just weep, and uh-huh. then the car just fucking flips yes. over like end <laughs> over end, and for some reason they just I'm just obsessed with that. I love it it's, it's so, so good beautiful. That but awesome. there's something about the uh the bedroom where the well is that. Mm. I
0: can't I was gonna bring oh this God. up. Get an up-up. I was gonna bring this up.
2: No, I know that so I'm gonna bring terrifying. up something different than you are. Um <laughs> what I was fixated on because the eighty-five million times because the shots in the multiple first times that we experience the bedroom that is built over the well, mm-hmm. we're looking mm-hmm. at the door to the bedroom. Like we're inside the bedroom looking mm-hmm. outwards yeah. and like to the the left of the door on the wall. Is a poster, a classic 70s poster by B. Clevin. And it's the cat poster. Yes. And it's the cat, giant cat, sitting on a chair, uh-huh. um, yes. telling tiny people what cats are. <laughs> and it's one of the best things ever. Second for me, only, well, it's a tie between B. Clevin's uh, cat in the red tennis shoes and socks and the cat. <laughs> who is singing like he's sitting on a stool and playing the guitar and singing like Woody Guthrie. And he's like, love to eat them mousies. Mousies, what I love to eat. <laughs> like they little heads off, <laughs> nibble on they tiny feet. Uh, this and girl loved, amazing. she loved cats
1: and she yeah. loved plants. I Yeah. I okay,
0: like, so this this girl's room, when so <laughs> before we see the girl, mm-hmm. my brain says, oh this is a teenager this This is is a 16 year old because there is no way a child has this many houseplants yeah and the books on her desk are like adult ass textbooks (laughs) yeah uh and yeah and also the the photographs on the wall are all really dark and spooky like (laughs) she's got some weird shit in her room and then you find out that she's nine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um. She ain't reaching that burn. Do you think that it's like, the other part is that <laughs> the son is there and the son seems old. Yeah. Oh, yeah. to so have a nine-year-old daughter. She's so, old. Yeah. She's a little yeah, old. Yeah, she's old. She sure as fuck doesn't have a nine-year-old daughter, no. I can tell you that much. So. That's like her um, grandma. Yeah, but it's super weird. And I think it's partly because because the daughter sl- is sleeping with the mom mm-hmm. in that scene the first time we ever see her. And that yeah. would look super weird if, if the was daughter a was a teenager. Yeah, yeah. totally. But it's that really interesting how they,
1: any movie now, you've got to show that daughter in the, the scene where you're introducing a new character. You're introducing this character who's very important to the plot, but you introduce her through the mom and through the mom's terrifying story of her Mm -hmm. and then we just get this horrifying moment with the daughter which we're like leading her into the other room Mm -hmm. and it's for some reason so effective and just that you don't see the daughter at all like because there a horror movie now would show how scared the daughter was and you would show and that would be the scary thing that you would show but the fact that Mm -hmm. they didn't show her at all until she was in this trance state Mm -hmm. was so it's really interesting and different to narrative structure now where you would just show her like freaking out and being like, Oh, I saw something. And like, he would be talking to the daughter in a movie now, but he's talking to the, a separate, like a mom's and the mom saying like how affected you can tell how affected she is because she let them in. And she said, you know, at the same moment you were in that seance, which is another moment like that music box. It's just such a little clever and the well under the floorboards is so fucking scary.
2: And the awesome poster where the cat says that. <laughs> yeah. Cats are, cats are also often mistaken for meatloaf. Uh-huh.
1: So terrifying.
2: Well, not so. More important than it is terrifying. Important, it is important information important. to have. Yeah. Um. Hello. I uh, love to eat them mousies. Mousies what I love to eat. Yeah. Like little heads <laughs> yeah. off, nibble on they tiny feet.
1: <laughs> nibble on they tiny feet. Do I
2: really have to say more than that?
1: I love also John. So he goes, he gives the bones to the police who carry the a bag of bones, like a Where plastic like, garbage a bag of Where bones. He's like,
2: he's like, it's a hand. Yeah, yeah. it's a hand.
1: Uh, it's a hand. <laughs> and then and then for like unbeknownst to me breaks back into the house late after the police leave to just look for more shit, I guess. That
0: so this is I was I was kinda like, fuck you, George C. Scott. Like what are you doing? What are you, you doing? You've just took it taken a chainsaw to this woman's beautiful floors, and now you're gonna break one of her windows? No. <laughs> And also, like, why didn't you look for this before? I mean, I know you have to
1: get the police involved at a certain point, but, like, what do you, why are you breaking back in? And then how did he know that the locket thing, like, the dog tag that this child wore with his full (laughs) legal name on it existed? Oh,
0: because that's that's a thing. Like, that was, they brought that up. That's a thing. They did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, And then, but, okay, wait. So then his whole plan is he's, like, he tells the police, I don't know. I don't know. It could be anybody. I have no idea who it yeah. is. When he's like talking to the full ghost of this of these bones, and then she's like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Uh, the police. I they'll they won't trust me. I have to do it myself." His plan is to just drive his giant car on in <laughs> onto the tarmac of the airport and go rushing yeah. at the senator, screaming with the locket <laughs> dog tag in his hand, like, "I know what happened. I know what you did." And, like, just. Well, he doesn't make any accusations. Like he tells the truth. He says, "Like this, you I want to talk to you, senator. Yeah, but it's like for sure. i live in your house. That's not the right way to go. That's not the first thing you would do if you were trying to talk to the senator. And that's the first
0: thing he does. It's a weird way to." I think it may I don't know maybe it's, there's a there was a probably a deleted scene where yeah. where he was like calling the senator and then found out the senator was about to get on a plane because and the, so he just rushed to there's no in the There's no information
1: right. given. It's like the next shot is his car breaking through Because that. I mean
2: the senator was, you know, flying to Spokane. Which yes. Right. Was, you know, at least 45 minutes away by plane. <laughs> yeah. So, um the <laughs> the scene that I really like was one that just took me back uh to being classes at the university of washington although in this case it's at the fake university of washington Mm -hmm. um is how they have the weirdly prolonged scene from his class where he says like there's 24 people registered for this class and the room is totally packed and it's kind of like a not a necessary thing because we already see him in association with lincoln center so we know that he's kind of like a big deal yeah um mm-hmm. musically speaking you know but it's such a weird thing to do to have like this packed room full of students but i always think of times when in particular because if they filmed at the uw they would have shot it um at kane hall and they may they might have shot it in one of the other like smaller auditoriums and some of the other buildings but I can just always think of these classes that i had at kane hall where there would be days depending on the lecturers where everyone would come to hear the freaky creepy lecture mm. and the craziest one was um, when robert wrestler came i think so he was one of the lead investigators for the green river task force mm. and he came um, for a, the class it was a deviant behavior course and he came and gave like a presentation. About that experience and about where it connected, you know, to deviant behavior and serial killers and blah, blah, blah. But it was so packed, like people were uh, sitting on all of the steps going all the way down to the front of that, wow. uh lectern. It was such a crazy Kane Hall moment, but it just goes to show how creepy and morbid people are. But it was a really good lecture. Pretty gross, actually. Huh. That guy really hates serial killers. <laughs>
0: Well, good. I think you should. That's, Yeah, I think
1: one. Yeah, should. you found the right job then. Yeah, yeah, you got the right job. Uh, I wish my job was to was working in like. I wish I had majored in psychic research. Like, how <laughs> fucking cool would that?
0: I one hundred percent wish that that was an option. Like, I love how they <laughs> sh-
1: do that shot at the U- fake U Dub where they're walking down the hall, and then it, they like very clearly show the sign that yeah. says Psychic Research Wing. That's or whatever. just those but, like decal letters, yeah, just, like, <laughs> on a white wall. <laughs> It's like, oh, yes, the psychic research wing of every modern American college institution.
2: And have either of you ever read the book Unbelievable?
0: No. No.
2: Well, I think you should read it. And that came out sounding kind of assholey, but that's not how <laughs> I meant it to sound. So this book is... I love this book. And it. this book is nonfiction. It is scary. Hmm. Um, Like, I read it when I was living in hideously. I read it when I was living in the apartment, that haunted apartment where the shit flew off the walls and stuff. Ooh. Um, What? And so it's by a woman named Stacy Horn. And it's actually about uh, research and research practices from the Duke parapsychology laboratory. So what you're saying, like the reputable, reputable institution, like that's a real thing. Cool. Um, And what is, Crazy about this book is it completely changed my perspective on the science behind what we interpret as ghosts and what we interpret as um, life after death. Wow, um, that that's all, awesome. all I'll say. It it's oh my god.
1: Is it scary?
2: It's scary because it's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. nonfiction, and okay, it basically gives you examples that you can't explain Mm -hmm. from a scientific controlled laboratory setting. Right. Right. But the book opens, um, like there's a whole chapter of excerpts of letters from that people are writing to the parapsychological, psychological, uh, research, uh, department, which is closed now. And that's kind of an interesting story, Mm -hmm. um, unto itself, but it's really fucking weird, but Mm -hmm. it's a really enjoyable book.
1: So, in The Changeling, I was really excited when he went to that psychic research part of the college, mm-hmm. but then that scene ends, and that's kind of the end of yeah, that that's, whole that's, situation. That? It doesn't
0: go poltergeist.
1: But but the,
2: but the auto-writing is terrifying. Yes,
1: that I love, scene.
0: Okay, yeah, let's get into incredible. the seance. Incredible. Okay. I yeah. love automatic writing. Uh-huh. I love yeah. EVPs. What mm-hmm. was the big aluminum cone (laughs) yeah what was that
2: that i don't know yeah all of a sudden the big aluminum cone is there and i'm like that's like my first thought is like that's more phallic than it needs to be (laughs) Yeah. but also it's so not related to anything else it doesn't i mean the house is old they didn't really bring out any like the equipment that they were using was a notepad yeah and a pencil and he's recording on his reel-to-reel. But yeah, the cone is the dumbest part.
1: I didn't like, understand. not you just
2: have the glass fly into the shelf and be done with it? Because the rocking back and forth of the giant aluminum dildo does not add suspense. <laughs> it just makes it distracting where it's like, you know, if this was like a haunted Superfly penthouse in 1979, yeah. <laughs> yes, have an aluminum cone there. But if it's just gonna like if it's just so something breaks because do you think they were just using it wrong because i was like shouldn't you be having that like lying down and then it spins around on the table or something
0: i that was my thinking was like it's it all it can do is teeter like it doesn't really have a uh, purpose yeah teeter
2: and fall i don't and understand it's enormous
1: but uh, yeah it was like what it, it's like sort of uh ouija adjacent
2: but there's no- like a rocket
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I feel like that might have been uh an actual hucksters tool, um, because it it, it's a lightweight metal object that they can easily Mm. manipulate to move around and scare people. Um but yeah, it just one, it appears out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and then it's it just serves no purpose. We don't
2: even see her putting it on the table. No. Yeah.
0: Because she's in a I mean, and we're we're to assume also she's in a constant trance. <laughs> right. Oh my god. And it's creepy. With her, her man, uh the actor Eric Christmas, who's I love that name. Uh Eric right. Christmas so is like just handing her new pen pencils when she breaks the leg. I know. And so the which
1: pieces is awesome. of paper like shoving her hand over to the yeah, new one, which I, I thought was great. It's
0: and, a beautiful seance.
2: Unlike Heart to Heart. They are not erasing psychics. No,
0: no, they're fully embracing <laughs> them. They're adding
1: it, more psychics. Representation
0: in. matters. It
1: yeah, does. They're Stop adding. Erasing they're adding psychics. psychic wings like, to colleges. Still, <laughs> that's
2: still a platform.
0: Stop <laughs> erasing. Psychics. Amplify psychics. Yes.
1: I'm yeah I'm just like frantically googling what that cone was and I, there's no one talking about it that I can find like cone uh, the changeling cone seance cone yeah what what seance is it
3: cone.
1: seance <laughs> cone what what the fuck was that for and then it's just like obviously gonna fall on that glass of water but then the glass of water just goes shooting across the entire room right yeah. why
2: wouldn't you just have the glass of water go shooting across the room and Good suspiciously
1: enough. opens a cabinet that i thought i was like oh they're like that's obviously leading them to something in that cabinet but then no. there's just like no follow-up on that either so no i mean just
2: it's like, just an old now damaged cabinet
0: yeah that the, kid the like
1: weapon. i always like to think about like you know what the ghost did to make that like did he kick it like high kick or like what did, was he on the <laughs> table like shaking the cone and he did just, a roundhouse like, through that glass
2: he's crippled joe Th- God, you're insensitive.
0: But is he, cri- is he crippled in in the spirit realm? Yeah, because he's wheelchair at the end.
2: <laughs> and we're saying crippled because that's what they said in 1909. So, yeah,
0: the parlance of 1909. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was special labeled.
0: Oh my God, the wheelchair cam.
1: That was funny when
2: it- uh, When the her. wheelchair chases Claire, but <laughs> when it that's gets down the, other... the stairs
0: with the greatest of ease. Yeah,
1: somehow. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, it's ball. amazing.
2: I love it. It's terrifying, though. It is scary. Fucking shit, because you would feel like you could run away from a Victorian wheelchair, from a opening sequence of mystery, Edward Gorey-ass wheelchair. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, see, this again, that character, it doesn't track with why he's so malevolent towards her, because she's helping him discover the... All, the she's only... Helping him try to figure out the mystery, and then I... what the kid leads her in after slamming all the doors in his face, like "fuck you, you messed up." Like I'm not, I hate you now. He leads her into the house all the way up the stairs with his voice, and then chases her out with a wheelchair, like to no effect. Like <laughs> she doesn't even get he, hurt. That the ghost
0: athlete. lures her into the house with John Russell's voice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's I mean, but again, we are dealing with a malevolent spirit like it's not a it's not a cute little kid it's it's a vengeful demon can i I say
2: that i was expecting joe to have a certain rewrite oh are you done with your rewrites joe because then i'll tell you the rewrite that i thought you were gonna have
1: uh i think i am i think i am
2: like forever or just for this just for this episode and i'll have more next
1: week for you but (laughs) <laughs> what's your what? You, what's the rewrite you expected me to have? Let's go to Ellen's rewrite okay. corner.
2: Okay, it's not my rewrite corner. Ellen's it's, Joe's. It's, I'm, not erasing, <laughs> I'm not erasing. Yeah, I'm not erasing psychic. Ellen's Joe's I rewrite corner. Believed I was going to be one, and that you would have this as your rewrite. I thought that you were going to think that Claire would reveal at the end that she was possessed by the spirit of the daughter. Who got run over by the coal cart? Oh, oh I love I, that. I and that's that. how she was helping her murdered brother by luring George C. Scott to the house. I
1: love that. I that's amazing. See, something like that would have been, or she's like getting haunted by that ghost, but you never see it, and so she, that's why she's yeah, helping she's John. A, she's too
2: young. Because That's why to... she's there all the time. Yeah, exactly. And that's why she's, she's so like, invested. shit. Like and that. she's like around him all the time in a way that seems weird. Yeah. Um. Yes, a million percent. I thought that would be your rewrite. No, I um, love that. I thought okay. the. Did I just out rewrite you? Yeah,
1: you did. I thought the coal cart wow. girl was like a full, fully different family. I didn't understand that it was the same family. That yeah. was that was his little sister that got run over by the coal cart. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah. that was like why there was the estate needed to go somewhere.
0: I. I do kind of wish that there was some some other piece of flesh to that character. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That that somehow connected. Like, not necessarily. It couldn't have been a direct connection because she is too young right. to have anything to do with these people. But the fact people, that she's bringing
1: her mom into all this stuff, too. That's
0: if mm-hmm. the mom, maybe. I don't, like, of course, it could have gone any number of ways. Yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe the coal cart didn't kill the girl or, whatever. <laughs> or like their dad her her grandpa
1: was the one who was driving the coal cart or whatever yeah. <laughs> like i don't know some some kind of connection to that family
0: well it could have just been like the the dad the carmichael dad like after killing the son uh-huh. got rid of the daughter as well and then that's right she, she's grand granddaughter she's just
2: in the way
3: yeah
0: um yeah, I don't know. There there's there does feel like there's there's a missing there's mm-hmm. a, a little missing thread, but in reality it's just to have a somewhat romantic entanglement mm-hmm. with George C. Scott.
2: Right. Yeah. Very not happening yeah. ish.
3: No, situation.
0: yeah, that didn't really she's so sweet though. I love her. I love I love Trish uh Trish Ben Van, Vanderveer. Who was married to George C. Mm-hmm. Scott in real life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they were, in, uh, they were in Day of the Dolphin together. Uh, Day of the Dolphin, and
1: when in this movie, there's oh, a a mistake when the that got released, I guess, with the final movie where she's when she's running from that wheelchair down the stairs, she screams out George instead oh. of John, yeah. and so yeah. John, and they like redubbed it over, I guess. But uh, yeah, there just was like you, I I fully agree with that that there was like a, a plot that could have been thickened a little bit more, and instead we mm-hmm. got like a room that just exploded and then it was over i have no issue with any of that i sort of i i don't really either like it's still a satisfying beautiful terrifying ghost movie to watch it's just that there's it just felt feels so simple at the end
0: i think we're i think we are currently used to yeah. longer form storytelling with television shows currently yeah uh where where like there is no there are no gaps mm-hmm. like there it's impossible to have a gap right um, right, and this this to me like it's not not dense. Like there's there's a lot <laughs> going on in this movie. I yeah. think I think it's just that the story the story is about a fucking malevolent ghost, and mm. that's the trick too. Is you don't really realize that until it's over. Yeah, because it's like yeah. the
1: whole thing when the seance, you're led to believe that it's his, because his body is buried somewhere that they need to get his body out of that well, and then yeah. everything will be. At he just peace, needs to be but, discovered. But then it's like, oh, that doesn't happen, and then he has to murder that guy
0: somehow. Yeah. He just deck. well he wants to he needs to find out who it is. And burn the whole house sure. down. Sure. Because he doesn't that's the one thing he doesn't know is who it is. Right.
1: Oh right. Yeah. So
0: once that once that metal gets to gets into his hands, game over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then did that guy have any children? Where's that fortune going? We don't know. There's no. the no... historical society? Yeah, it goes straight to <laughs>
0: he didn't seem to have any kids like they i mean it seems like they would have made some point of have him having dinner with with
2: family or something yeah it's like this is such an important fact because that's when you should call and tell and threaten somebody yeah with exposing their sordid family history is when they're having dinner ideally a child's birthday yes
0: you're right yeah
1: exactly and then the ghost kills his child rather yeah that estate then the estate goes to charity and that would have been a. (laughs) and we are we
0: are we are led to believe that he does he is aware of of something or that mimi is aware of what's going on because mimi is mimi's like freaked out about the ghost telling the senator and then she's the one that calls the senator to like say oh shit's going down
2: at the house
1: why are you doing that mimi
2: you narc mimi
1: yeah like deal with your own shit yeah And then she, I would just.
2: Get with your own shit. She,
1: (laughs) Mimi also, she's the one that comes out to that gorgeous patio and is like, people, that house doesn't want people. Like, bad shit's going on there. And she, like, rushed your paperwork through. Bye. And then just walks away. (laughs) And then he never once questions Claire, like, oh, why did you rush my paperwork through in that way that was illegitimate and illegal, maybe?
2: Yeah, it's like, I mean. Illegal or not, it's just a bad idea, everybody at the fake Seattle Historical Society.
3: Yes.
1: Um,
2: I do love that shot where we're like hovering uh off the balcony oh my of God. that sliver building because it's like yeah, such a Parisian style shot, right? Uh-huh. Where it's like, Oh, am I watching Call My Agent? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's amazing. Because um, everybody's I love smoking on a patio.
0: Smoking and then th- I my favorite part is seeing the
2: two two streets it's two streets uh, on yeah. Side. yeah really good it's yeah real, it's when they back special. up and you really see the building it's and so it could good.
1: have been very like symbolic for the the two characters having different pathways and different motivations but it wasn't and there's like so yeah. many plants on that <laughs> yeah. thing too
0: i mean the, the the late 70s was plant heavy <laughs> the other the other funny
1: thing they did that gave them no more information was to go to the grave of these people of like yeah. after they microfiche the fuck out of all those old newspapers that's just, they they were
0: just this movie is full of seasoning like yeah it, it all, it's like the, it's what makes it so great to me is that there's there's just moments that they're like that's beautiful let's just do that like let's let's show this to the people these shots are gorgeous right.
1: like the backlighting is incredible and the, the shots but it's like the it's like if i microfiche into oh there's a story about this person being murdered in this house whatever I wouldn't go to, I don't think that my next step would be to go see the grave, but maybe I mean, it would. What, what else are
0: you going to do? Uh, I don't know.
1: I guess yeah. you're right. Like maybe there's like an echo on the grave that I feel like do the little yeah. charcoal I mean drawing.
0: That's what, when you, when you have an obsession, yeah. you kind of follow every clue to its conclusion. Yeah, that's right, true. Right,
2: because at a certain point you're just all, how did you die, Joseph? How did you die? Yeah. How did yeah, you, you die, Joseph? Stare, how did you die? At the Did grave? you die in this house? Uh-huh. Did you die in this house?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> My only minor flaw uh, is the, the EVP, the voice, of, the voice of Joseph, is so obviously a woman, like an adult woman. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they really drenched it in reverb. And I, I know that that was just how it was done at that time. But I I wish they would have been. It would have been so much scarier had they gone a like Friedkin way and just made it yeah like a, a really piping little and yeah scary and, but, and
1: then the amount of times that he goes by, it's like yes, it's a ghost voice. We get it. We understand. Can we go to the next section where you actually ask him like the real questions? It's like
0: oh my god, I love that part though because his like at the end he is so ashen and sweaty. Yeah, Yeah. well,
1: well, he goes into a trance and he writes down sacred art and all that stuff. I wish I
2: had that piece of paper that has George C. Scott's auto writing on it. Yeah, so creepy. I should just—I got to look at that scene again. Just look at that object. It's so weird. I
1: love that. It's great, but beautiful. And then that's the end of this podcast. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. Well,
0: first, it's time for pick Pick your your poke. I didn't even get a fucking segue out of this. Uh, Joe, you're
1: first. <laughs> oh, mine's the dad who murdered the child. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's the portrait of the dad, but <laughs> the
0: oil portrait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess it's like that young guy who was helping him dig up the well. I was just like, mm, okay, sure. Tony. Yeah, this is not a passionate poke.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, no.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's, I, I, I don't really have one either. Mine's the cinematography of the movie.
0: Yeah. Mine is 35 millimeter film. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And a Victorian facade in a Vancouver forest. And I guess
2: mine is the Pacific Northwest in 1979. There you go. If that. I'm talking about there you go. true love. That's Yeah, true so this, love.
0: it's the colors that are captured in this film uh-huh. are so perfectly Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. everything is blue, gray, green, yeah. and wood. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else.
2: Yeah, it's like, the palette is super limited. Like yeah. the palette is an eyeshadow palette. It is. Yeah. Oh, I
0: fucking love it. It's and it, gorgeous. And it translates beautifully to 35 millimeter film Yeah, and whatever that development process they were using at the time was. I know. Was. Whatever they were doing. And the color, whoever did the color timing yeah. brilliant
1: and so high contrast like the darks are so dark and the yeah. lights are so light it's so beautiful and it's so funny because it is like really rich person pacific northwest especially when they start riding horses just through a forest this, oh, so do you like, ride <laughs> yeah i was like where are you and there's swans on the pond i was like what <laughs> part of seattle is this because oh. i've never been to it it's like a part only rich people are allowed to yeah go to all
0: right uh do you want to do you want to rate your do you want to t- tell us what you thought of the changeling?
1: Yeah. Changeling is a 10 out of 10 l- <laughs> links or whatever rating system we have not developed fully yet, but this is, I can't believe I, I don't think of this as like a classic, classic horror movie in, in the same level as like, you know, Poltergeist. I love Poltergeist a lot, but this felt like it has the same, it should have the same cachet, and it doesn't for some reason in my head. I don't know why it's like, like, I felt the same way as when I watched Candyman, mm-hmm. where I was like, why is this not more of a classic movie that's mm-hmm. more... I, I think not, it is. I, it's like, it ha- I has that, that status? I just, like, never came across it, though, like the way I've come across mm-hmm. so many other horror movies. I
2: mean, it's just this 1979, 1980 to 1982 moment. Canadian, Canadian 80. Yeah, in the <laughs> in this kind of supernatural films mm-hmm. i guess 1977 to 1982 mm-hmm. i would say is kind of like a little little magical pocket of some really scary shit mm-hmm. and it is all kind of rooted in there there's just like this strange uh it's not quite grittiness but there's something about the way that those these films are shot that mm-hmm. makes such a perfect contrast to the supernatural shit that's going down, down throughout mm-hmm. and it's really affecting. It's really solid. It really holds up. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I'm sure somebody's written something about like why Amityville and things like that really captured yeah. the moment. Just that weird tail end of the seventies anxiety or something. But I do feel like the Changeling is thought of as a classic spooky film. Like I think at the very least it's always on like the top five, you know, best scary films like to watch around halloween or whatever maybe top 10 mm-hmm. but i think once people see it if they even just have a hint of a love for just a classic ghost story like they're down it's mm-hmm. just yeah. so good mm-hmm. it's watchable um through and through it's beautiful to look at i mean it's just like a it checks all the boxes it's, it's still good. so scary I yeah was-
1: really legitimately scared during yeah it is
2: it is hella spooky Mm. um yeah so of course i recommend it but everybody i would knew they knew that last week yeah right right
0: yeah i love this movie it is a it is considered a a classic ghost story film Uh it but it is it's one of those movies that yeah you have to you have to want a ghost story um Mm -hmm. it's not gory yeah it's like it's overshadowed at this period by slasher films. Oh, uh, um, so, yeah. So uh, like young Friday people 13th, were going for uh, more Halloween. thrilling bear at the time, see, right? Like that this is one sense. of the this is one of the last horror films for adults that was made in the seventies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is a descendant of The Exorcist. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. It's not. It's not a descendant of Friday the Thirteenth.
1: No. And also, I feel like the title is There's
0: strange. This is things like
2: The Omen and Audrey Rose and. Amityville horror, like
0: again, these are but these are like prestige films, like they're they're mm-hmm. Amityville, withstanding maybe not, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, like it was. I I always think about like the the seventies spiritualist movements, mm-hmm. <laughs> like including astrology and and mm-hmm. uh, like all of the things coming into popular culture is right. what kind of made the ghost stories of this time. Which
2: immediately like it what comes to mind is that like previous spiritualist movements mm-hmm. it mirrors the end of a war it reflects yeah. a time of of significant loss and tumult like across uh the class structure of the United States right mm-hmm. it's just like how post civil war everyone's looking for a way to connect everyone wants comfort they want to have answers they want to have a last opportunity to say goodbye to someone Mm-hmm. who dies in yet another fucking fucked up uh war. Yeah. So, yeah, of course like there's just that predictable uptick, post-war mm-hmm. uptick in mm-hmm. a desire to communicate with the dead.
1: Yeah. Right. I think the title is misleading a lot in my mind.
0: I also. just I've for, to me as a child, I just always thought that the name evoked something creepy yeah to something me. Spooky, like because like, yeah. like, i don't know what that means even i mean i well, do i do now but like uh-huh. changeling like it does but it's
2: not even about the changeling
0: technically yeah. no <laughs> yeah
1: it's strange it's a strange title for what happens and like it's uh it that it just brings like a weird creature monster I thought that's what was where we were going with this. Mm-hmm, like they find yeah. an egg in the attic and there's like a monster that starts. <laughs> people. I thought, I really but thought it's, that's what yeah. going to be.
0: It's, but I, it makes me think of like the, the crucible or, you know, like they're like, Esoteric titling is a very popular thing all the time uh-huh. like, and I uh-huh. always, I, I right. kind of love it all the time. Yeah. I mean honestly the title Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of the most confounding titles for me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still like it just evokes nothing but mystery and wonder. Yeah.
2: Right. Of course The Crucible is evoking the red scare, right? The yes, communist.
0: exactly. Okay. So we're all we're all pro Changeling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would be so
1: mad if you both Either of you didn't recommend the change. Line. Yeah, my, my understanding <laughs> like we just, like, we changed our minds. Yeah, mm, I don't <laughs> I think so. This. Like uh, never mind George yeah, C, I George really like C. It. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, Joe, pull up the wheel yeah. and tell us your link.
1: All right, my link is I had about five seconds to pick one. Trish
0: <laughs> Van Devere
1: in Hollywood Vice Squad. Oh yeah. Have you have you seen this?
2: <laughs> yeah. You have. Yeah oh no that poster <laughs> and that better not happen
1: a mother goes to hollywood hollywood to find her runaway daughter the vice squad discovers that a dangerous gangster has turned the girl into one of his junkie teen prostitutes the <laughs> squad also investigates illegal betting and a bdsm pornographer
2: so yeah hell yeah they're
0: the vice squad this movie has come up before because there was a character in one of the heart-to-heart episodes that's in this movie. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. Then, that's yeah. right.
2: This is it. The super beautiful lady. I think
0: so. Yeah. And
1: the the most line. beautiful
2: doctor in the world. Yep. 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 Yep.
1: This incredible poster, which is Posterous just is a man's cool. legs with like his butt and handcuffs and sheriff <laughs> and like people shooting, like aiming guns at him, says Hollywood, the city with the only X-rated street yeah. in America and the most unusual police force in the world. Hollywood Vice Squad. It's a long way from Miami.
2: What the
0: hell?
1: <laughs> I don't know, it's a lot. But uh,
0: this I poster think it's is very arresting. Miami Vice.
1: Yeah.
2: I think it's it, I think it is the most beautiful doctor in the world who refers to the that girl who goes deaf before her ice skating performance. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she whose wife was she?
0: I don't remember. I don't remember. We talked about all of this uh mm-hmm. in that episode. Uh Ellen, you got a link?
2: I do. Um, And although I found a way to get to an episode of The Hitchhiker, (laughs) I am not going to play that card. Of course, I'm going to circle back to something that I just continue to carp on, which is uh, I'm going to follow George C. Scott Mm -hmm. to 1993's Malice. Oh. Oh,
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. Oh, Malice. I love Malice. Please, please, please. Please, please, please. Please, it, please, so. please. Uh, please, uh it's Aaron Sorkin's uh, one of his first uh, Oh, really? produced scripts, I believe. I love that. This was a tough one for me. But <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh I I'm going with uh Gene March who played uh-huh. John's wife that's murdered in the beginning oh, of the movie. <laughs> God. Uh-huh. Uh, And I'm choosing Alfred Hitchcock's Frenzy. Oh my god! Because she—that's
2: amazing—is
0: my favorite part of Frenzy.
3: Ooh, okay,
1: interesting. Also, his daughter looked like the killer from Sleepaway Camp.
2: Oh, she might have been. (laughs) (laughs) She really, she really looked like. And it's not—it's not the beautiful doctor that's in Hollywood Vice Squad. I don't know what. It's Trish Van Devere.
0: No, no, we were talking about there's a there was an episode of Heart to Heart that Hollywood Vice Squad came up. Oh. Um
2: But why?
0: Have you you both have seen this movie? Years and years and years and years and years and years. I saw it on cable in 1986,
1: probably. Gary Fisher's in it? Yeah. Whoa. I mean it's a Sandy Howard production, so
0: how can you Julius Harris is in it? Huh. Who we also know from Heart to Heart. Robin Wright is in it. Whoa. <laughs> All right, spin the damn wheel.
1: All right, here we go.
2: Malice, yay! Malice. Oh yeah, I'm George really excited. Scott. Oh my god, Malice is so insane. Malice
0: is great. Let's see where we can find Malice people. Well, um, right now <laughs> it's available to purchase on Prime for fifteen dollars. What? Um, it was on HBO Max Shut for a very, up. very long time. Let me make sure that. Yeah, it's gone. It is gone. Oh my god.
2: Uh-oh. This isn't the
1: Alec Baldwin
0: Nicole Kidman one. It is the Alec Baldwin Nicole Kidman. Oh okay.
2: Oh buy no, you're gonna have to rent it from Scarecrow.
0: You're gonna have to rent this one from your local video store. Which they will have it. Um
1: or buy it from Amazon. Or
0: you can buy it from Amazon or Google or it's it's available to purchase from a lot of these mm-hmm. sites. I'll do more digging too mm-hmm. and see if I can find a Find a at least a cheaper way to watch it. Because it is a why is it so tough with
2: the licensing? It's a crazy
0: mystery, and we are gonna spoil the living fuck out of it. Yeah. So
2: (laughs) Malice is so much more than you think it's gonna be.
0: Totally. Oh, interesting. Totally. Like it's I remember, but if we'll talk, I have to save it for the pod. Yeah, save it for the pod. Right. Thanks, listeners. I, I will be on top of how to watch this movie uh and it'll be put all over Mm -hmm. our social media particularly our oh there's well i mean i have a way there's you 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 all know that you can google you have (laughs) a vpn you can google malice nicole kidman uh and you will find a way to watch it uh but if you want to do it by legitimate means i really recommend please go to your local video store or go to scarecrow.com and rent it from them mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i will do i will do the work and try and find it for everyone to Legitimate. watch is it
2: is it a paramount MGM. thing
0: mgm mgm yeah
2: shit who has their streaming now
0: amazon bought mgm
1: <laughs> where's mgm plus well shit oh that's right well there is an <laughs> mgm plus i just thought i thought i just made that up but it's a real thing
2: oh my god you're shitting me thanks okay. for listening
0: Please uh, follow us on Instagram at ItWasMurderPod, and you can follow us on Twitter at ItWasMurderPod. And if you just want to email us and talk to us about the movies that we're watching or movies that you want us to talk about, because I like that idea, hit us at ItWasMurderPod at gmail.com. And watch The Changeling. Watch The Changeling. It's really good. It's a nice, creepy, spooky movie. Um, What else? Uh, please leave us a review. Not <laughs> yelling outside. There's <laughs> a Wilhelm scream outside the window. <laughs> this is LA. Um, leave us a five-star review. Uh, or, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> wherever you're listening to this. Not or whatever. Or whatever. Five stars. Or whatever. I mean, yeah. or, whatever. I mean, or maybe six or seven stars. You do you. You do you. Don't investigate the banging noises in your house at 6 a.m. Oh, I would definitely mm-hmm. investigate those. But call me, new, me down a path and, and, like will a go, story. and I will go hang on
1: okay last thing this is based on a true haunting story yeah that happened in denver and the house burned down or it's yeah. exploded
0: yeah i love it i love all the i love all those good wonder movies. where that story could be there's probably several yeah um and with that good night freeway
2: good night freeway good night freeway goose rider motorcycle
0: hero So let little...